Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. The Clever Girls Know podcast is a podcast for women, offering a space for conversations around personal finance, business, life, and living. I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you listen to, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'd also love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have new content on the blog multiple times a week. We have over 30 plus free courses. Plus, when you sign up for a course, you can talk to a Clever Girl Finance mentor for free to get encouragement, motivation, or if you just want to have an open, no shame, no judgment girl talk. Finally, check out our YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Hey, Sharetta. Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing great. Excited to be here. Well, welcome to the Clever Girls No Podcast. I am excited to have you on here to share key tips to stay on top of business finances, as well as key tax planning tips for throughout the year, you know, Starting a business, the gig economy, side hustles is something that is very, very popular with our audience. But also, there's a lot of concern or stress or even fear around business finances. I'm excited to have you on here to have this conversation with me on business money. (laughs) But before we get into it, please tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, so my name is Charetta Hill. I am the Owner, founder of uh, L Hill Consulting. We're based here in Houston, Texas, but I have clients worldwide. We assist with all accounting, bookkeeping, tax preparation, all things finances, business. My background is in accounting, auditing. So I use that to try to help my clients, you know, through their journey with their new businesses. That's great. And how did you get into overall business consulting? Because you mentioned your background is is in accounting, but you could have gone to work for a big firm, right? But instead you chose to start your own business. So is there a personal story behind why you started your own business? There is. So I actually, I did. I did go the route of starting with one of the big four firms. So I did that for a number of years, kind of got burnt out with the schedule, you know, the long hours was looking for something more you know, more relaxed, you know, fit the lifestyle that I wanted at that point in time in my life. I wasn't, I was tired of the traveling. I was tired of never being home, <laughs> eating out all the time. So mm. I wasn't quite ready to start my own yet. So I decided to go to like a mid-level firm, was there for a couple of years, decided, uh, still doing auditing and accounting, decided, you know what, I'm just ready to get out altogether. And so right before, I guess a couple of years before COVID, I started working for a nonprofit as their head of finance. And so even with that, though, I was like most, you know, most of us during that time, we were faced with the realization that, you know, hey, like no job is promised tomorrow, right? (laughs) You know, a lot of people had layoffs during COVID. Fortunately, that wasn't something we had to do, but it was a kickstart for me to say, okay, like you've talked about this for a while now. You've always said, okay, I'll do it later. Now's not the perfect time. I don't feel quite ready. But I'm like, no, this is the perfect time to, you know, start something on my own. I wanted to be 
kind of controlling my own schedule and doing stuff that I really cared about doing that I wanted to do. I enjoyed my job, but I knew that I liked partnering up with businesses, small businesses for that matter, and just helping them not make the same mistakes that I had seen a lot of my, you know, my big corporations, my big clients, things like that, that they had made. Over the years, I had all these experiences, right? And all this information that I had absorbed and I was just ready to share it with anybody who like was willing to listen and wanted help to, you know, grow their businesses as well. That's great. And, you know, a lot of times when people are thinking about starting their businesses, it's a variety of things. They want to do something different. They want to pursue a passion. They want to expand on their skill set or education in their own way, as opposed to working for someone else, which is what you did. And there's always that question of, is it the right time? Right? <laughs> it's never the right time, but it's about taking that leap of faith and having a plan. So one of the things I wanted to ask you in terms of getting into business was about establishing a business budget, right? And why it's important for business owners to have a business budget, similar to how you have a budget for your personal finances. How do you go about budgeting for your own business? And what tips do you have to share for someone who's like, okay, I'm thinking about starting a business or I already have a business, but I don't have a business budget. What should I be thinking about? So yeah, so first and foremost, one of the things that you just mentioned is if you don't already have a budget for your personal finances or don't know how to budget, I would say first seeking out someone who can help you with that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't come natural to everybody. And so with a lot of my clients, that's the first thing I ask. I'm like, do you have your own personal budget that you go by? And if not, it's kind of hard for them to relate to why they need to budget for their business. So I would say that's step number one. But then also just be patient with yourself. I think a lot of times new business owners, they get frustrated because they're like, I don't know what I should be budgeting for. Right. And like, you know, your first time through your second time, maybe even your third time through, like you may not get it right, but you eventually get there. So what I always say is just make sure you have create a habit of like, well, first of all, create it. Right. So every dollar that you think you'll have to spend for your business, it needs to be categorized mm-hmm. and there can be a spending limit. So for example, if I know I have to, I'm going to eventually have to buy computers or software or whatever the case may be for my business, put a budget line item for that. That way you can see what you expect to have in expenses for the year versus you know what you're expecting to bring in for income for the year. But that's what I mean by making sure that you categorize every dollar. So whether it's, you know, you got to pay for business licenses or insurance, whatever the case may be, each one of those line items should have an amount and a spending limit. Because again, that's the whole idea of a budget, right? We want to make sure we don't go over that spending limit. Mm -hmm. And not to say that you won't, which is why I say, you know, be patient with yourself. You know, you may not get it right the first time or the second time or even the third time, but it's something you should constantly be checking and adjusting as needed. Yeah. Definitely. And, you know, I think back to when I started my own business and the early days of starting my business, there's always that question people say, well, I don't have any money. My business is not making any money. So so why should I create a business budget? And I remember for me, I was putting personal money into my business, which, you know, there's a lot of things you can do to start your business for free. You can find a free website. You can go and create social media accounts for free. But at some point you're going to put some investment 
in your business, even if it's a little bit of money, right? Maybe you're paying for a logo, you're paying for a course, you're paying for something. And I put personal money into my business and I budgeted that personal money. And then, like you said, as your income starts to come in, as revenue starts to come in your business, then you plan out, okay, how am I going to categorize every one of these dollars? And then how am I going to set spending limits, right? Right. And then, you know, if I go over, how do I adjust for this? So even if you have no money coming into your business right now, or you're just, you know, figuring out revenue, you're not even profitable, you can still create a business budget because like with your personal finances, it's about telling your money what to do for your personal life. This is now telling your money what to do for your business. (laughs) Right, exactly. So the next question I have for you is one that a lot of business owners, they avoid or they are afraid of. (laughs) And this is bookkeeping. This is business accounting, you know, organizing your finances. How does one go about bookkeeping? What tools should we be thinking about using? And then one of the things that you share on your social media is about financial reports that people should be familiar with when it comes to their bookkeeping. Can you talk more about this? So I'm a new business owner. I've been told I need to do bookkeeping. I mean, I already have my budget or I'm working my budget. What is this bookkeeping? How do I get started? I need help. (laughs) Yeah. So to kind of piggyback off of what you just said, even if your business isn't making money, bookkeeping shouldn't be something that you throw to the back burner. So I always say, don't wait until you're making money to start worrying about your bookkeeping. This is something that you need to start thinking about from the start. And you'll just continue to do it, you know, while you're growing. There's this quote I heard one time and I use it a lot. And it says, waiting until you're rich to start caring about your money is like waiting until you're married to start dating. Like that doesn't doesn't work. (laughs) It doesn't work in that order. So if it doesn't make sense, it doesn't work in that order. Then why would you do this in your business? So it's definitely something that you need to think about from the beginning. Like you said, even if you're not making money. Because like you said, when you, for your personal example, you know, you initially, you put your own personal money into your business. That's something you need to be tracking and keeping a record of from the beginning. And I always tell, you know, business owners, yes, you know, ideally in a perfect world, we start day one, we're making money and we have all the money we need, right? To buy the software we need, to to, to buy the logo, the website, everything, but that's not realistic, right? So I don't expect people to go out and immediately invest in some accounting software that they don't know how to use or they don't know if it's going to be tailored, you know, correctly to like their business. But what I do say is get a revenue and expense tracking worksheet. So, you know, bookkeeping is all about making sure you record every transaction, everything is categorized correctly and that your numbers basically are correct. So if you don't have a bookkeeper or you're not doing it yourself, you're not investing in that initial accounting software to do it, then I would say, yes, that's realistic. You're not going to want to go and do that, but at least get an Excel spreadsheet. I know I have an Excel template that I will often, you know, send the clients and say, hey, you're just starting out. It's a column for revenue, a column for expenses. And literally every time you you know, make a sale, like record, like this is the date, this was the amount, this is what I sold. And the same for expenses. Like, you know, even if it was your personal money, I put a thousand dollars of my personal money into my business on this day. I paid, you know, $20 for a subscription for this month, just so you keep track of it, because that's all bookkeeping is, right? Is keeping track of all those transactions. And when you are ready to move over into accounting software, that will help you track that more easily. You have all the information that can easily be imported. And then as far as like your financial statements, yes. So 
As a business owner, it's vitally important that you become familiar with the health of your business. And the three main financial statements that I say business owners need to be aware of and understand is your balance sheet, your profit and loss statement, and your cash flow statement. And that's just to give you a high level view of what those are. So the balance sheet is basically just a document that lists all your assets. So that's what you have, liabilities, which are what you owe, and then your equity. That's what you own after any assets and liabilities are cleared. So it just gives you a picture of basically, like I said, what you have versus what you owe. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing with that is it's called a balance sheet for a reason because the two sides should balance, right? So your the actual formula is your assets, like I said, what you have should equal your liabilities and equity in the company. So okay. that's the biggest thing there, just making sure you understand that and then that they should basically equal one another. The profit and loss statement, you'll often hear referred to as a PL or an income statement. That shows your revenue, your costs, any expenses you've had in any given period of time, maybe for the month, the quarter, annually. But that just gives you a good picture of what you have coming in versus what you have going out. And then the other one is the cash flow statement. So this one shows the movement of cash in and out of a company. So if you think about it, it literally is showing how much cash is generated from your products or your services, how much cash you're using for investments or investing activities, and then how much cash you have maybe from investors or banks coming in or out. But this just gives you literally, it shows every cash movement in the business. And it's usually something that banks or investors will pick apart. So if you're thinking about getting financing for your business or going to the bank for any type of line of credit or or loan or anything like that, that one's vitally important because that's when they're going to want to see. They're going to want to see how do you manage your cash, right? before they give you that loan or that line of credit. So again, it's one of those things that you can't wait until it's time for you to go try to get that line or that loan from the bank or speak to a potential investor. You need to know what your business looks like on paper before you even start to have those conversations. And the only way you can do that is by being familiar with these three financial statements. Yeah. So that's really great to know. So you mentioned the balance sheet, the profit and loss sheet statement, and then your cash flow statement. And these are all statements that I'm familiar with from financial statements. But for someone who is just getting started, it might be overwhelming to think about, well, I have to figure out a balance sheet. I have to figure out the cash flow. So just thinking back to my experience, when I first started, I just focused on my profit and loss. How much did I have coming in? Right. (laughs) How much was I spending? What was my loss? What was my profit? That was what I really focused on. I think that's a good place to start. And then going back to what you said earlier, right? You know, your budget is essentially your plan for your money, but your bookkeeping, doing your accounting, tracking your expenses, your expenditure, that's the actual, that's your actual spending. And it is so critical for you to do that bookkeeping because at the end of the year, if you are a legally registered business, whether you are profitable or not, you got to file taxes. And Uncle Sam wants to know. <laughs> That's true. Exactly what you are doing. <laughs> right. And I so, get a lot of questions about that in the first year. Like, should I file? And I'm like, yes, you should always file. <laughs> if you don't file, they're going to come for you. <laughs> right. Eventually. Yes. Yeah, so. You know, that's really important. And, you know, you talked about using the spreadsheet to track your bookkeeping, which is something that I did. I just had a simple Excel spreadsheet where I just tracked, you know, when money was coming in, who paid me what, Mm -hmm. and then what I was spending money then on. 
And, you know, when you first start a business, you may not have a ton of transactions. So it's easy to track with a spreadsheet. And then over time, I transitioned into the QuickBooks of the world, which when you think about it, the subscriptions for those are very inexpensive. I think at the time, QuickBooks was like $15 a month, right? Right. And that's something that I could also share with my accountant. Eventually you get an accountant, you can share that with your accountant and they can come in and look at what you're doing, or you can share it with an actual bookkeeper and you can both see your transactions, your expenses, and use that as a basis to plan your next budget for your business. Yeah. And QuickBooks even actually allows you, they have like a budget module in there. So to kind of tie that back into what we're talking about with budgeting, it'll help you. It'll actually give you a template. Oh, that's like awesome. I said, if you're new to budgeting, you don't know how to budget, it'll give you a template just based on your chart of accounts, not to get too technical, but yeah, it'll tell you, hey, these are the suggested line items and you can tweak it for what fits your business. And your chart of accounts in QuickBooks is basically just all the accounts you have connected to so your bank accounts or credit card, your basically all your different accounts. Right. I like to describe it as I told my clients, like if they have no accounting background, I describe it as like a file cabinet. Right. So you, know okay. how you have a file cabinet and you have all these different file folders. So say you categorize it by, you know, I don't know, like by name or uh, different, you know, maybe it's your personal, like my personal file folder. I may have my monthly bills in one. I may have, you know, receipts in another. But I just I tell people to imagine it as a file cabinet and the file cabinet, the chart of accounts are those little individual dividers, those folders, tabs that you're telling QuickBooks every time a transaction comes in, this is where I need you to file it Mm -hmm. in those accounts. So that's how I describe the chart of accounts. It's just a way of keeping up in a categorized like level, all of your cash accounts, all of your, you know, like you said, your contractor payments. Yeah. Things like that. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And then dividing up your income. What kind of income is this? Is this income from a brand partnership, income from a product sale, income from a service sale? That makes a lot of sense. Thanks for breaking that down. Hey, everyone. So I wanted to come on here really quickly to share some amazing news with you. My fourth book drops this summer on July 6th, 2022, and I am beyond excited. The book is titled Choosing to Prosper triumphing over adversity, breaking out of comfort zones, achieving your life and money dreams. And it is different from my last three books in that it is very personal. However, it was an extremely important book for me to write. I talk about my imposter syndrome, my family and upbringing, my mental health challenges, my past career and relationship challenges, building resilience, building Clever Girl Finance as a business of impact, achieving my financial and personal dreams, and much more. And based on my experiences, I share ways in which women in general and women of color can overcome the challenges they face when it comes to finances, career, and business. I share how women can build successful careers and or profitable and flexible businesses depending on your chosen path. And I also share the strategies that help me achieve success and how you can leverage them in your life as well. My hope for the women who read this book is that you are challenged to be confident, to find your voice, and to realize the personal growth you desire for yourself, regardless of what's stacked against you. My new book, Choosing to Prosper, is available for pre-order today in audio, ebook, and physical book formats wherever you buy your books. I cannot wait for July 6th. Okay, let's get back to the episode. And the other thing that's really cool about transitioning over to a software as your business starts to grow and you have more transactions is that platforms like QuickBooks or even there's a free one I've never used, but I've heard of Wave apps. They will create those three statements that Sharetta just mentioned, the balance sheet, the profit and loss and the cash flow, as long as you are on top of inputting 
or having inputting your transactions or having your transactions inputted from your bank account connections. They will automatically generate those reports for you. And then you have to remember to go do an assessment. And the one thing I like to tell people is that, you know, the software is great. The spreadsheets are great. When it comes to business, we absolutely need to track those transactions, create the budget. But the biggest, most important thing to me is taking the time to do the assessment. So you really understand what's happening in your business. Did I go over my budget? Was I under my budget? What categories do I need to take a deeper look at? What things need to be cut out, reassessed, readjusted? What is my balance sheet looking like? What is my profit and loss looking like? Why is the loss so high? You know, why is the profit so low? Using that information that you're gathering about your business to make informed decisions as you move forward with your business. So it's really important to do that assessment. Yeah, I agree. So I tell people all the time, you know, even if you hire a bookkeeper, it's not like you, you know, you just say, hey, I have a bookkeeper. They're doing everything for me. With my clients, I sit down with them monthly to talk about what you just said, because the whole point of the bookkeeping is to give you clarity, right, in your business, to show you the numbers. So if you're waiting until the end of the year, that's too late, right, for you to make adjustments, because if you are monitoring it monthly like you should, then discussing it with your accountant, your bookkeeper, or even just sitting down and having your own monthly meeting with yourself about your business it'll give you an opportunity to realize like what's working and what's not working and you can make adjustments along the way. Yes, that's such a fantastic point. So I have an accounting firm that supports tax filing, bookkeeping, all that stuff, but I still log into our, you know, bookkeeping software to look at everything. And the reason why this is so important is because your accountant is not the CEO of your business. She doesn't right. care about, he or she does not care about your future goals and long-term plans. I mean, maybe they do, but really not as much as you do, right? They don't understand your big vision. They have other clients they're accounting, doing numbers for. So you know what your big vision is. You know what your goals are for your business. You know what your milestones are. You know what services you want to cancel, what products you want to bring on. You have all that stuff in your head. It's not your accountant's job to be your CEO. It's your accountant's job or the software's job to make sure that there's clarity with your numbers so that you can use that information to make decisions and also file your taxes. Right. So important. So that leads me to the next question, which is tax planning. There's this idea that taxes only matter when tax season comes around, right? In April or September for corporations. But why is it important for us to pay attention to our tax planning throughout the year, especially as business owners? And what are some of the biggest mistakes you see business owners making when it comes to taxes and tax planning? Yeah. So the biggest mistake that I see business owners make when it comes to that is, first of all, not knowing the difference between the two. So they don't know the difference between, you know, taxes and tax planning and just not properly preparing for each. So as an example, when I say not knowing the difference between the two, so a tax preparer, like you said, when you think about a tax preparer and taxes, you generally people automatically think about that February to April timeframe where everybody's scrambling and trying to get their returns filed, right? But the person who is helping you out during that time frame is what, you know, most would say is just a tax preparer. And so they are strictly helping you file your return. So their main goal is just to keep up with, you know, the reporting guidelines and make sure that your tax reporting complies with federal and state laws. Mm -hmm. But tax planning, which is the one that I love, right, is what you do before it comes time to do your tax reporting in that. February to April timeframe. And the reason I say I love it is because the main goal there is to help you optimize your tax situation before you get to that point. Mm -hmm. And so what I mean is 
it's all about strategy, right? Like as a business owner, your goal is to make a profit and pay as less taxes as possible, right? Amen. (laughs) (laughs) The biggest mistake I see here is people waiting until they get to February or April and they start doing their their taxes and saying, hey, man, this is my situation and this is what I owe or, you know, this is what the story is. When a tax planner is someone you should have been working with throughout the year, even before, I would say from the start of you forming your business. And the reason I say that is because, for an example, I had a client this past tax season where I was his tax preparer. Again, he's been in business for a year now. We're at the end of his first year. He just needs someone to prepare his tax returns. And I wish so badly that he had reached out to someone ahead of time because in doing his tax return, I realized that based on his formation of his business, meaning whether it was LLC or S-Corp, he wasn't able to take advantage of a lot of deductions just because of how his business was formed. So for him uh, specifically, you know, he had a lot of loan payments because he had a fleet of trucks. He was a truck driver and owned a fleet of trucks. And because loan payments aren't deductible under an LLC, he wasn't able to take advantage of that. So I would have suggested, you know, he do an S-Corp or something like that, but so he could take advantage of that. But again, it just shows the importance of why you should have those conversations ahead of time and be talking to someone throughout the year so that you can take advantage of everything that you need to take advantage of as far as tax deductions and lowering that tax liability at the end of the year. But if you wait until the end of the year, it's too late. Yeah. And that's so important. You know, my accountant always talks to me about things to think about for the upcoming year's tax season in terms of, you know, planning out expenses, understanding what deductions I can or cannot take and things like that. And like you mentioned, your tax preparer, when it comes to that February to April timeframe, their job is to file based on what has already happened. They cannot change the prior year, right? Whereas right now we are in the current active year 2022, which means there's there's lots of opportunity to create a strategy for taxes for next year's tax filing when we will file taxes for 2022. So it's worth, you know, even if you can't afford to have an accountant on a payroll or on a retainer, it's worth having a meeting with someone like Sharetta and saying, okay, you know, I have a new business. I'm starting a business. This is what I'm doing. These are my goals for my business. Can we go over my business formation? Can we go over, you know, any loans I'm going to take? Can we go over any deductions I'm eligible for? Can we go over X, Y, Z so that they can give you a better understanding of how to plan your taxes, even if you're doing it yourself? Because QuickBooks is not going to say, hey, well, here's a tax plan for you. QuickBooks is just crunching numbers. It's a math tool, accounting tool, right? It doesn't have that insight to say, oh, wow, you know, you can do this. You should be an S-Corp or a C-Corp or a LLC. It doesn't have any of that information for you. And it also does not care. (laughs) Right, it doesn't. So it's just there to crunch the numbers and do the accounting math. That's it. (laughs) And right. And the other thing that I would say about the tax planning and the tax preparation is, again, just being prepared. I can't tell you how many clients I have who wait until, or I've heard a business owner saying they wait until the end of the year to start trying to gather that information. So when you think about it, you're scrambling. If you haven't been keeping up with it throughout the year, like we talked about, right? Whether it's you bought some accounting software and it's keeping up with it for you or you keep in an Excel spreadsheet and, you know, you just make adjustments as you grow. If you're not keeping up with it throughout the year and looking at it monthly and making sure every transaction has been recorded, when you get to the end of the year, it's really hard to remember, okay, 
what was this transaction for? Especially if you're trying to look at your credit card and try to figure out, okay, maybe I didn't capture all my expenses or just expenses are missed altogether. That could be possible deductions. So again, it's just the stress and the importance of how important it is to keep up with your bookkeeping, whether you hire someone or you're doing it yourself, which can totally be done and making sure that you're reviewing that monthly and just making sure that everything has been captured. So when you get to end of the year and you're giving it to your tax preparer, it's not a scramble to try to gather everything and pull all the credit card receipts and look at all the bank accounts and make sure you recorded everything. You have it ready to go and ready to hand over and can have meaningful conversations about, okay, this is what happened and this is what next year will look like or can help me make adjustments for next year. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so, so, so important. And you know, if you need to listen to this podcast over again, get your notebook, do that when you're not driving, when you're not working out so that you can create a list of things you need to do. So Sharetta talked about budgeting, bookkeeping, specific tips for creating a tax, you know, thinking about tax planning. These are all really important for business owners. And it's something that we just cannot avoid. Even Sharetta, you cannot avoid it because you're a business owner. Right. (laughs) And if you want to build successful businesses, right? You can have the best product in the world. You can have the best service. You can have the most amazing offering. If you're not on top of your finances, you can't get anywhere, right? And the whole idea for me when you're building a business is that you're removing that limitation. You know, you're shattering that ceiling of only being able to earn a specific income from a paid job. When you have a business, you are basically, the sky is your limit in terms of how hard you're working, how big you grow you decide all of these things when it comes to creating your own income, right? And you want to be able to leverage this income smartly to build wealth for yourself, for your family, to establish generational wealth, to impact your community, whatever it is that you want to do. And you don't want to feel like I've been running this business for 10 years, 20 years, and I have nothing to show for it because you were afraid of the financial aspect. It's right. so important. And even if you think it sounds boring, <laughs> it's unavoidable. And you will eventually get to the point where, you can outsource this stuff. Like I don't like to do accounting. I like personal finance, but personal finance and business finance are two completely different things. Personal finance and accounting, they're worlds apart. They are. (laughs) Right. So I outsource all that stuff, but you know, I still have to have my eyes on what I outsource so I can align them with my goals and my vision for my business. And you're going to have to do that as well. So Sharita, what are three tips that you have for business owners? Or if you have more than three, that's fine aiming to build a successful business in your experience, based on what you've seen, what are some tips you can share? Well, one is just what you just mentioned, you know, not being afraid to outsource. For me, even when I started my own, I'm kind of a overachiever. Like I want to keep everything in-house and because if I do it, I know it's going to be done right. It's going to be done to the level that I want it, you know, done to like I expect, you know, certain things. So, but that's not sustainable. (laughs) Like we can't do everything, grow our businesses, you know, strategize, worry about tax planning, create all of the content, all of that. So just not being afraid to outsource and knowing when you need to outsource, you know. Yes. Yes. Because for me, it was I saw and I'll be honest, I saw outsourcing as a weakness. Right. I was like, oh, I can't do it all. So I'm like, I'm like, but I'm like, I should be able to do it all right is what I was telling myself, but it's not a weakness. I think outsourcing is one of the smartest and actually the best things you can do for you and your business. 
Because once you outsource, it allows you as the business owner, you know, as the brain behind this business to spend time on things that actually will progress the business. If you're so busy and you're bogged down in, in, in small tasks that aren't really moving your business forward, it doesn't allow you to, to grow and to think about all the other things and, you know, your long-term goals, short-term goals, things like that. You're just so busy, focused on the day-to-day tasks. So one for me was big learning that it's okay to outsource, no shame in that at all. Yeah. <laughs> and knowing when it's time to outsource a, a few things. That would apply to hiring too, right? So bringing someone right. in to take on stuff or hiring out, depending on what works for your business structure, what you need, but basically having somebody else do some of the things that you're doing. You Correct. talked about feeling like you should be able to do it all. For me, it was the fear of, well, they can't do it like me. So I, I don't right. want to hire anybody. <laughs> I could do it all. I'm not going to hire, but you realize that there are actually people out there who could do it better than you. And you want that talent in-house. And I'll just share a quick story because I went to a conference and the woman who founded, oh my God, Carol's daughter. Okay. There, and she spoke about building a multi-million dollar business. And one of her biggest fears, and one of her biggest fears was she felt intimidated by hiring people to help her grow her business. But that was a major stumbling block for her because she had to get over the fact that other people, she could teach them how to, to make her formula to create the products at scale so she could grow. And she had to realize that the talent that other people bring into her business when she hires them is not to compete with her it was to help her grow. And that was so, it was such a pivotal moment for me hearing her say that because when you're hiring someone who's good at something, they're not there to compete with you. They're there to help you grow. And even if they don't know it as well as you do, you can teach them how to do it as long as they have the basic skills and they have the willingness to learn and be a team player. So hiring is not intimidating. Outsourcing should not be intimidating. It's there to help you grow. Sorry to kind of interrupt, but I wanted to share that story. (laughs) No, 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 no. And it actually ties into some other thoughts that I have around this. But I guess going back to, you know, hiring people and, you know, not being afraid to outsource again, to circle back to our initial point. I think it's very important to have a successful business that you create a budget. Um, and I know for me starting out, it was one of those things that I thought I couldn't afford to hire someone or I couldn't afford to outsource certain tasks as well. But if you create that budget and if you see, you know, kind of like categorize everything and you do your spending limits like we talked about in doing that, I was able to see, OK, maybe I can't afford to, you know, hire someone at this point or maybe I can't afford to outsource this task, you know, in like, you know, three months or so, because, you know, I will have more profits coming in and maybe I've cut down on some expenses so I can afford that at, at that point in time. So again, I think creating that budget, categorizing your expenses and then doing those spending limits will help you see areas where you could potentially afford that. Well, not, you know, when you're starting out, you may be thinking, oh, hey, I can't afford to hire someone right now. And then the other thing that I think is vitally important is so two things that I learned starting out is don't listen to people who have never done what you want to do. Amen. <laughs> that is so, so important. So important. So important. Thank you. There will be so many people who will give you comments and criticisms and unsolicited advice. But I did. I had to <laughs> make sure that I wasn't listening to people who had never done what I wanted to do. And I probably went the non-traditional route. But I did. I, when I started L Hole Consulting, I sought out someone who had already built a company like I had envisioned mine being. So she already had built her practice. We had similar backgrounds, everything. So 
I scheduled some time on her calendar. I paid for her consultation fee, whatever, you know, whatever that was. And literally I picked her brain for, I don't know, I think it was 30 to 45 minutes that call was regarding like do's and don'ts. Like, why would I recreate the wheel if you've already done it and it's working, like you're profitable, your business Mm -hmm. has grown. So again, don't listen to people who have never done what you want to do. And I would say, seek out someone who you can, you know, the same way that you have mentors, like, you know, if you worked in, you know, corporate America, like find a mentor, find somebody that has done what you want to do, that can give you guidance, can, because even with her, it was like, I was asking questions like, okay, which software should I go with? Like, who did you use for like your business? Just all these things that, you know, business insurance, like all these things that I had questions about that. Why should I spend the hours or the time researching it when I have a wealth of knowledge right here? Yep. Sometimes, you know, business owners, we feel intimidated by someone who's super successful in our space. But if you're able to network, step out of your comfort zone and find a way to approach them and get help, or even just find communities, other aspiring business owners who are at a different level than you, it can be game changing for your business. And you can avoid a ton of mistakes that you will likely make (laughs) because you just don't know. Right. And like you said, it can be intimidating at times. And one of the other things that I've learned along the way is just Define your own version of success. Like a lot of times we'll look at other people and that's how we'll define our version of success. But that may not be the case for you. So, you know, maybe success for you is, you know, to add, I don't know, an additional X amount of income per year for your family, but you still want to have, you know, weekends off or you maybe you want to take every Tuesday off or Taco Tuesday. Just define whatever your version is and be okay with that and not look to anyone else to define it. And I think then, yes, that will be a successful business for you. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Sharetta. Before I let you go, you have to share as everyone does, what is your clever girl superpower? Oh, my clever girl superpower. (laughs) I would say probably observation only because my sister and my family, they make fun of this all the time. They're like, man, like my sister will always say she's super detailed. She like, she won't miss a thing. But that's always, you know, works very well for me in my career, right? Coming from an accounting and auditing background. I, think I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> as an accountant. Yeah, having a good eye for detail, but also having the ability to kind of step back, analyze a situation and then respond. I always like to say I'm an observer, even in my personal life, like, you know, being out with friends and things like that. I'm constantly observing. I'm constantly scanning the room. And it's just, I don't know, that's my superpower. Well, that's a great superpower to have because being observant allows you to notice things that you would otherwise miss when you're not. (laughs) Yes, I agree. And then I'd love for you to tell everyone where can they find you, learn about your services? What kind of services do you offer to business owners and all that good stuff? Yeah. So the name of my company again is L Hill Consulting. So it's E-L-L-E Hill, H-I-L-L Consulting. And we can be found on Instagram at L Hill Consulting, all one word, or on Facebook at L Hill Consulting. And right now we are offering, like I said, any type of accounting bookkeeping needs. So if you need someone to do those monthly transactions for you recording, that would be the bookkeeping, accounting can be more, you know, in-depth analytics, things like that, that you may need help with. We also offer CFO services. And then just consulting in general, like just like if you want us to be a think tank or, you know, 
an impartial advisor to kind of give advice. We have a number of people who've had a number of years experience in different types of industries, and we're here to help um, navigate those. We also do tax preparation at end of year um, and some tax planning as well. Wonderful. And we will be sure to include all of your information and all the amazing services you offer in the show notes as well. So thank you so much, Sherrod. I appreciate your time and you coming on here to share your knowledge. And, you know, it's a lot of information, but it's necessary, unavoidable right. for all of us who are business owners. So if you need support, you need help, definitely reach out to Sherrod and check out the show notes for her contact info. Thank right. you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here, and I'll talk to you on the next episode.